0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast. I'm Shu Hardy, joined as always by Derek Bassett. Derek, we've had the return of MLR and the start of the Six Nations, so what else could you have gotten up to over this weekend?
1: Nothing. There's uh there was literally not a single ounce of time for anything else other than uh you know the Six Nations in the morning, and then you know it was great to have MLR back. It was a very exciting opening weekend. Um, some really fun results. Some surprising upsets. It was a just a phenomenal weekend all around. Obviously, you know maybe not the best start to the season, or not the you know not the start to the season that the arrows were hoping for. Definitely not the start to Six Nations. Your Welsh um, were hoping for, but um, uh, you know, can't you know in the all the excitement of you know Christmas morning, or I guess the start of the six nations mlr season i guess you can't have it all necessarily
0: i think my mindset is if there's ever going to be a time where you want to be you know on the back foot or trying new things or getting your groove back it's always at the start or in the in wales's case it's the year prior to a world cup as my irish listeners know all too well that you don't want to peak the year before world cup you want to peak just as the six nations 2023 is starting and then boom continuing that stride you know right up to the quarterfinal stage but anyway let's talk about MLR before we talk about the games we have to talk about a big announcement that came just days before the season kicked off and that is MLR has confirmed that each match will not only have HIA assessment in line with World Rugby regulations Every game will also have TMO. Now, this is something that we have been begging for, especially last season. I mean, Arrows fans, especially, when it was that game against New York down in Atlanta, that very obvious non-grounding forward knock-on was given us a try, and we just... <laughs> scree- you could hear the screams from Toronto all the way through New York to Atlanta. Just saying that. How was that allowed? Yeah, now we've got Tmo and you know great to see it in use
1: yeah it was awesome it's a definitely a big it's a big step up for the league um, you know we saw a couple situations throughout the weekend already where it came into use yes, and, absolutely. you know some sometimes the broadcast kind of showed the replay sometimes it didn't but you know at the, at the end of the day the the people on the field that's it's the most important for them to have it I did love how everyone was so jacked about. So fired up about having TMO until the TMO made a mistake, and everyone's like, get rid of the TMO. Um, just <laughs> like it. it will be for every ref, but I, you know, for the first weekend of running TMO across the league, I thought it went pretty well. Um, the head injury assessment, there's a lot I saw a handful of players were, uh, really you know, on social media after we're kind of you know, tagging a lot of that, uh, that U.S. Rugby Players Association mm-hmm. afterwards. So it seems like you know, the players which is good because that seems like, you know, the players are uh, getting a say in the league, um, which is always good. But also obviously HIA and HIA assessments, it's, you know, obviously super important for, uh, you know, the health of the players. So good to definitely good to see the the league bringing in these initiatives because it does take it up another level. Just having that ability to review key plays. Like you said, it's like we can go back through last season and there was a bunch of tries There was some. There's tries that should have been tries that weren't. Mm-hmm. There's tries that were. Tri- uh, there was non tries that ended up being tries that shouldn't have been. And you know, even there was that bizarre situation too, um, when LA played Utah at SoFi Stadium, where there was no TMO, but the officials. It was so were-
0: obvious you couldn't yeah, the- allow it to happen.
1: Yeah, the officials were using the screens and stuff, and and I think we argued back then that it's like. You know, even though that call was right, maybe shouldn't have been allowed to happen because it's not in line with the rules of the league. But now that TMO is going to be at every game, right? If you do end up playing in venues, because obviously some venues in the league are better than others. So, right. Especially if LA is going to do something like going to SoFi again, but at least all the games from a rules standpoint are played on that even playing field. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see it happen. And uh, it, it was good to see it put to use in the first weekend.
0: Yeah. I think uh, something as well to take note of is that not all the stadiums in MLR have the capabilities of showing um, the TMO replays to the uh, crowd in attendance. So for example, Starfire, oh, they, yeah, yeah. They, they don't have a big screen, for example. I know we know, know that York Lions does and is able to show it there but you know some of these other stadiums maybe not maybe um San Diego's new stadium um at the car park will uh (laughs) maybe not have that screen because it's an athletic stadium that it's talking about San Diego Stadium that's something we'll get to later um but something else I want to bring up as well um which MLR introduced is this brand new trade wire so now every single trade that's happened within MLR between teams whether it's for um players rights uh salary cap space or an international slot that has now been revealed and it goes back as far as the draft for 2021 so we have now a concrete statement of what has been traded and what for who's going where what that constitutes now obviously when it comes to salary cap space there's no definitive figure behind that so we just have salary cap space at the moment but we do know how many international players teams can field so the standard before any trade was 10 players per team and it's even been announced um, this week that the toronto hours traded one of their foreign player slots to i believe it's new England. Um, for salary cap considerations Mm -hmm. now even from like a fan perspective I mean like we're doing a podcast and we've always been asking like oh what's this trade for who's this trade for And now this just answers so many questions it seems to be a great step in the right direction from the league and you know it's great to keep up to date and know all this information so that you can have this level of transparency which is what we've been asking for for quite a few years from MLR, so it's great to that, that finally come into place.
1: Yeah, I was I was so excited when I saw this. Like you said, Stu, it's you know we've been on this podcast for the past like couple of years now, and there have been, there has been moments where it's like a trade gets made, and you look at all the comments that are on, you know, the team's social media page, right? That are just like, well, what's the other half of the trade? Right. It's a, it, the trade is just like this player is now going to be on this team, but you don't know when went back the other way. Right. It's like we were talking about that with the Hankel hermicide a couple of weeks ago in which we also were kind of looking at, well, there's a player that also signed with New York that was previously playing on L.A. And we're like, is that the trade? We had no idea. And it's just if you look at the transaction, the trade, the trade wire now, it's like you can see that it's New York gave up um, salary cap or sorry, LA gave up salary cap to New York for Hanko Hermesize, right? And then I guess, um, you know, the Giltini's players that ended up on New York after I suppose is just the coincidental timing of them announcing uh, a player signing during the same week, but it had nothing to do with the trade. But, you know, I think part of it also is from like, I guess, from our perspective now, like it opens up so much more because now we can all talk about the trades, Yeah, it's like you you know, like you can have podcast talk, dedicating time to talking about your trades. You can have people writing articles about your trades. You can have you know the Reddit boards and you know Facebook groups and all that blowing up, talking about you know who won the like who won the trade. Like what you can get like a vibe on like what the fan base kind of thinks of each trade and stuff. It creates a more engaging like environment for the fans, uh, and that's it's perfect. Like. You know it's part like obviously every sports league in North America has this, right? And it's like you know, you know, all the trades and stuff in the big leagues. This it I think it's amazing that they they have included this. Really excited. It is also very interesting looking at the the foreign player allocation and the foreign player slot. The one thing though that I I, I do think is missing from it, although it, it is great to see, but it is also like so much salary cap dollars are moving around too that you know and it's and it is always listed as just a vague receive salary cap considerations in 2022 right yeah. and it's like I, I i'm genuinely like i've been going through the trade wire and i think by looking at it i'm like like one because it is vague you don't actually know what that dollar amount is for the salary cap considerations but also because of that like i have i think looking at that as a fan it's like you have no idea where the teams stand as far as salary cap, right? And you know what I mean. And it's which, which I suppose is fine. Like, hey, like if the league's not punishing teams for breaking the salary cap, I'm assuming everybody's complying with the salary cap. Um, yeah. but that's I think maybe that comes next year. Maybe that comes in two, three, four, five years, whenever. But I think that's kind of the next evolution of this. But maybe that just that's just another thing that comes down the road. Um, I think what is kind of great about this. And these, the other thing that they added too, is like the, the match page on the website has stats for the games and stuff now too.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Which is again, another good thing to see. I think, I think ultimately what I kind of, the vibe that I kind of get in seeing this is it, something that it's like, I know we as fans, we've been like crying for it and maybe and I, I feel like it's it's not that the MLR maybe doesn't want to do it, but it's like maybe there's cost in doing it, but it's just that there's cost in doing it properly, or there's cost in how they want to do it effectively and stuff. And I think, you know, I think it's like putting out this in these things like the new trade wire, you know, starting to put stats from the game up on the website, up on their app. Um, I like the mm-hmm. I guess the vibe that I got from the league this week. In that buildup was that they're listening to the fans and how the fans want to engage in this league. I saw, like you know, even on Reddit, you can see a couple people trying to take um, take stabs at creating like fantasy leagues, yeah. Um, Which I think is something that fans do want. And stats to me is the first step at that. And obviously, it's the same thing too. Um, with say the partnership that the Euros have with Cool Bet, right? If you go on Cool Bet, it's like you can bet on the game, yeah. And obviously that experience, right, like right now it's mostly just like money line, who's going to win, who's going to lose type bets that you can make on cool yeah. bet. But it's like, as they add, as the league kind of adds more stats, makes more stats available, that could open up like, you know, more different types of things that you can engage with, like through like something like cool bet, like you can bet on like, you know, how, like how many uh, meters is John Ryberg going to carry for in this game? Right. And you yeah. can like have like an over, under and something on that. Um, and, that and that's something that will
0: obviously come with time. And as the yeah, stats develop sure. and as more information comes out, absolutely. Exactly. Right. I we've got it. Right, we got to talk about it. We've got to talk about it. Unfortunately, we've put it off long enough. Let's talk about the arrows. So before we get into the game itself, it was announced that Mike Shepard has been named as captain for the 2022 season with sam malcolm and lucas rumble named as the vice captains um but before the game even kicked off we were given a long injury list so we've got some guys that now this all varies some are month to month some are day to day some are week to week but we'll go through it quickly cole brown and deceptor Trois, their injuries are listed as month to month mm-hmm. uh, kobe faust brandon ferguson and denon robinson bartlett all have week-to-week injuries and Matt Hood and the aforementioned vice captain, Sam Malcolm, are day-to-day injuries. That said, we had the Arrows team out in Torquilla to face the Seattle Seawolves, and didn't go the Arrows way. Final score, Seattle 21, Toronto 8. Now, these are my thoughts on the game. I think that it was a case of death by penalties. For Toronto. they There was a lot of errors they made, a lot of easy concessions they had. The main strength was in the forwards pack, mm. as opposed to the backs. I think having Sam Malcolm injured is obviously a downside, but it just felt that, especially with Shepard and Rumble, you know, two guys leading in the forwards pack, it seemed as though the backs had no coordination or no backup leadership to have, if that makes sense. So in the sense that there wasn't anyone in the backs that was properly coordinating, I think Ross Brody was trying as much as he could, but there were instances of missed passes that with the centers and wingers just being in the wrong position, which then had either the ball going into touch or just being fumbled around. And then obviously the momentum starts to swing towards Seattle because they've pressed an advantage that shouldn't have happened, really. And uh, Pete Smith was um, interviewed at halftime briefly, and we were saying that, yeah, the boys were, you know, angry at themselves for getting them into this situation. And, you know, it was, they conceded 10 points in the second half. They scored none themselves, although one of the... Incident was an interception, and if and if the ball gets intercepted, of all the players, you don't want it to be Ross Neal, a guy with English Premiership experience. You know, he's been playing for London Irish between seasons. If you're that good that you're called into the Premiership during the MLR off season, you don't yeah. want to be the I'm guy sure. that.
1: Yeah, uh, player. You, you know, know what, the it, one. The one thing, all I really did like about that play, and I mean, I know, you know. Obviously, you know... Tough Liking draft. through gritted teeth and... Dude, you know what? It's obviously not... Obviously, I don't... Like, you know, Will Kelly, you know, I think... You know, Ross Neal kind of read the, read the play well. Picks off the Will Kelly pass. And Ross Neal's, like, gone. But Spencer Jones chasing him back the way he did, the line that he ran, like... Neil has to run literally, not just doesn't just run to the try line, he runs all the way across the pitch, too. He scores on the opposite opposite side of the pitch as to where he caught the interception, right? And then Alatimu misses the kick because of the line that Jones took, forced Neil. So it's like if this if this game ended up being like, I mean, it ended up not, I guess, not being that close when it was all said and done. Um, so much for my arrows by 15 prediction last week. Um, oh well, but uh, but I, honestly, I on that play, like, I mean, it's uh, interception stinks, but it's like, hey man, that effort from Spencer Jones like saved the team two points, it didn't end up mattering at the end, I guess. But I, you got to appreciate the effort even on, even on a play like that. I think sometimes, as far as the rest of the game. I think the interesting thing to me is, so, I mean, you your two comments there, you're talking about the backs first. And I think like it's, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of handling errors. There was a lot of passes that were behind guys that went, you know, that ultimately, you know, the ball went to the deck or the ball went straight out of bounds or um, the ball went to Ross Neal. Um, right. So obviously there's, you know, some, a bit of a, a communication or a timing issue, in, in the back line there as, you know, they really just could not connect very well for, for a lot of the game. But I think, you know, the other thing is too, though, is like, can you rename, reread that injury list for me, Stu?
0: Absolutely.
1: Through gritted teeth. Um, Cole Brown, de
0: D'Atois, Kobe Faust, Brandon Ferguson, Matt Hood, Sam Malcolm, Denon, Robinson, Bartlett. These are all backs
1: yeah they're all backs right and Brandon Ferguson was supposed to play in this game and then he was a late a late scratch Mitch, Mitch Vorlet came in Malcolm's probably a starter well not probably a starter Malcolm is a starter yeah um right whether you want him whether he starts at fly half um, which she prob which I would have him do and then maybe have like Merez at full back if everybody's healthy but you know so Malcolm's at fly half Sorry, so you'd have you have your potential starting fly half, um, Hood and Denon Bartlett might go on the wings, um, right? De could play center. Like you have a really, like the injury list is a lot of backs, and they're all guys that could, in theory, start or could challenge for position, um, depending on what Pete Smith feels. It'd be like you know what Pete Smith feels would be his you know, everybody's available, no health issues, nothing preventing anybody from playing what his ultimate back line would be, which I'm sure we'll find out at some point this season. But the injury list is all backs, and it's it's seven backs. It's a full back line, too. And, you know, they the backs ended up um, being who they were in this game. And, yeah, there seemed to be, like, some miscommunications and just general, like, maybe perhaps it's, like, first game kind of, like, timing errors, in that the other one though, I find your second point kind of interesting though, in saying like death by penalties, because the penalty count, like when I personally think of a death by penalties thing, I'm looking at like the LA Houston game, LA had double the amount of penalties that Houston had. Right. And that was ultimately kind of their downfall, but I'm looking at the penalty count in this game. And it's like the arrows had 12 Seattle had 10. Right. Like I don't, I, so the I, question I don't, is, I don't,
0: where did they have those penalties? And, it, yeah, and so, it, it, may, it may have been a case of, like, oh, this is just viewer bias. But it seems as though that any time that the Arrows seem to get any bit of momentum, it would either be a mispass or it'd be a penalty, and then mm-hmm. AJ would then kick it down into the opposition half, yeah. and then it would be a Seattle line-out. And, you know... I will admit the the forwards did do a lot of heavy lifting, especially in this game. Um defense effort was fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I that, that's definitely a positive. Know, yeah.
0: Can't be faulted. Yeah, so so no. that's the and especially when you have a look at that long injury list, which I'm sure is gonna get even longer because Andrew Ferguson was helped off the field. Yeah. Um, a number of um Tommy Del- De la Vega had a head knock and yeah. didn't return. Um, yeah, it
1: just it just oh, seems before you before yeah. you go on to obviously Connor McCann, that was kind yeah. of a running into, um, you know, the collision with uh, Matthews is a, yeah. like that was a pretty scary incident, but it was great to see him walking off on his own power. So hopefully he's OK. But yeah, like I- I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful of that from the date because they're as being listed as day to day that Hood and Malcolm will be back next week be able to go i'm hopeful yeah. for that but, but yeah like you know seeing ferguson certainly seeing mccann with how serious that looked in the moment but again good to see him walk off on his own and uh you know dela vega is also a concern because that's a very obviously a key player for the arrows so um yeah hopefully hopefully the injury list isn't isn't too long next week either but um yeah it was a tough tough game all, all a good physical game and it, it took yeah. some some guys for sure
0: yeah well it was it was a game that seemed to be decided by defense and unfortunately for the arrows it seems that over the offseason uh seattle has rebuilt their seawall and yeah. tr- yeah. i mean they were obviously able to it was good prevent a try being scored then again the arrows were able to prevent a try being scored as well so
1: yeah like i thought i thought both teams i thought their defense was really good i mean i think like like you said like from the Seattle perspective I thought like obviously like guys like Landry and Hadding really brought it in uh, in defense um, I thought like the way I mean obviously Neil had his interception try but it was like kind of like the way that Neil and ISFO were kind of coming off their wings um, yeah. was was the, the way that Seattle utilized that like that seemed to that seemed to cause some issues especially with like as we kind of mentioned the backs earlier that kind of seemed to cause some issues there. I think the flip side of it is that I think like the arrows also played very well defensively. Um, yeah. You know I mean? You kind of look at, you look at this the way that, I mean, this game played out the arrows, like there's only three tries, right? The um, you know, the arrows had one really well worked try to Fugga um, with a little kind of like not quite a one touch. It's a little bit more delayed than the little one touch, but it was a really nice play to get it to Richardson um, for his first try of the year. And obviously, you know, Seattle had a line out that the arrows, that the arrows defended the mall well. And then there was a lot of phases on the goal line that the arrows were defending really well until Seattle eventually, you know, kicked it out wide and Matthews scored. Right. But so it's like you had two really well-worked tries from either team. And then one, just as we said, it's an 80 meter interception yeah. try. Right. Um, which was like after ross Neal caught the ball as i mentioned was probably defended about as well as you can defend that play um after the interception already happens because again spencer jones kind of saved two points um and but i think so i think like obviously the defense i think like obviously rum ball kind of balled out again um you know he had a and it, it you no know, it warms my heart to see him getting breakdown steals it kind of means the uh, mm-hmm. after watching five you know after watching five MLR games previously it doesn't really f- truly feel like the season starts until Lucas Rumble has a breakdown steal that was good to see i thought you know i thought Quatrin Quatrin i thought had, had like an immense game on defense too very involved a lot of tackles a lot of at, at the rucks as well good in the lineout um the, the lineout too speaking of Quatrin i don't know what your thoughts on this i thought the lineout looked like, really good, like, improved yeah. moved on last year. Um, I mean, but, having
0: Kyle Bailey in the line out, obviously, yeah, but yeah Bailey definitely helped. helps, but yeah, it's in, especially compared to last year, the set piece as a whole, it looked better, yeah, it's so much better. So, that's great. But I um, also
1: even think that I remember, you remember, like, during COVID when the arrows were doing that classics thing, yes, and, right, and Mike Shepard was on one, you know, he was asked. You know what his role in the lineout was, and he yeah. joked that his role in the lineout was to not be in it,
0: yeah, or whatever. But or like, not be jumping, not yeah, going but up. But she,
1: like, Shepard had some lineout takes in this game. Yeah, right? he had his knees taped up with like the li- like the the lifting pads and stuff. Um, right, he had his knees ta- like so. He, like, if he's adding that element to his game, you bring in Bailey, Delavega's there. Like, it seems like there's there's some options if. Especially if Shepard's kind of evolving, evolving his game a little bit for that, mm-hmm. um, that's yeah. another. You know, that's a plus for the arrows. You know, and also going up against a good lineout too, like guys like uh, I mean, I know Tucker had to leave the game early as well. Um, but like Tucker and Hadding and Herbst or whatever, those are good guys that are pretty good at defending lineouts too. And I thought, yeah, you know, outside like they the arrows, the arrows did well at that, and um, newcomers like Salmon, I thought did well in in the in the scrum too guy kind of looks like well, that guy's a monster um he looks huge just like even by prop standards like on yeah. a pitch, he looks huge so that was good um
0: yeah like i think one seattle player that i wanted that i was glad to see and i think a lot of canadians are glad to see is nakai penny oh putting yeah, in a unreal. full 80 minutes i mean and, and, you and know spent great. spent a lot of uh last season out injured yeah. And, you know, especially with the big changes that have been happening at Seattle over the offseason, you know, there was always a question of, like, will he be um, invited back? Thankfully, he has. And he's been able to uh, show what he's is capable of, which is it, great to see.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's crazy. It's There's so many good Canadian sevens in this league, right? Like, or Canadian flankers in general, when you look at, like, Penny, Heaton, Rumball, Michael Smith, uh, Mo Abdelmanem had the... Uh, yeah. He, he got the illustrious first breakdown steal in Dallas Jackals history, uh, yeah. which I mean, which, which was great to see. I mean, I know the, uh, you know, at that point in the game, three minutes in, Mo breakdown steal looked uh, looked amazing, but uh, unfortunately, you know that uh, that, game that game didn't didn't, didn't go the way of the Jackals. The jackals did away. It. Yeah, no, but all right. You know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: Before before we dive into talking about the other games that happened in MLR this weekend, yeah, no. do you have a Arrows man of the match that yeah. uh, performed well?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, well, yeah, I guess, like yeah, we'll talk about the other games. Like, I just want to say it's like it's not fun to see all of those sevens and it's fun to see them play against each other. It's like Rumble versus Penny. That was a fun matchup to watch this week. Man, Arrows man of the match, I think. I think for this one, it's like, I, I kind of have two thoughts. It's like, I want to, I thought Richardson played really well, but I think, you know, obviously scoring the try, I think he made some good plays defensively too. I think though, I want to give it to Jones. Um, he, you know, he did really well defensively, like in the middle of that back line, Um, you know, kind of continued from what him and Lesage have been doing, uh, doing last year and even in the brief 2020 Um, I thought Jones, yeah, like he was really good. He had some really strong carries, some good passes to help, um, you know, to up, break the gain line, break the gain line himself. Um, And, you know, obviously, like I kind of mentioned that, like not giving up on that Ross Neal intercept try, potentially saving two points, even though it didn't matter that much, much at the end of the game, but, you know, it's still something good to see. Um, So I think, you know, I think I'm, I would give it to Spencer Jones for my arrows man of the match this week. Um, uh, who, who do you think, Stu?
0: As it, I was quite impressed by Defugger. I think yeah, especially a- when you're filling the shoes of um, Ben Lesage, yeah. who's been a stalwart for the Arrows for a couple of seasons. And, you know, you have to now try and fit into the game plan that has been established around... Um, Lasage, Jones, Miras, Richardson, if you're able to solve it. And obviously he assisted with Richardson's try. Um, yeah, I was quite impressed by him. And you know, I'm looking forward to what else he can show as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, I thought I think that was that was something that was nice to see with this game too. Um, a lot of guys kind of making their debuts in MLR, uh, and even professional rugby in general. Like I thought I thought uh, McCann himself I thought McCann played well until he unfortunately had to leave the game too. Um, you know, uh, you know, and even after that, Vorlech came in not knowing that he's gonna play. He handled himself pretty well in that situation as well. Uh like James O' James O'Neill came into the game late. So it's like you got a lot of guys that got into their debuts. I liked um Faleva had, you know, got his the ball in his hands and like ran over a couple Sea Wolves. Uh so like that was good to see that kind of like ball carrying ability that he brings. So it's like I I I like your I like your pick and stuff, but it, like it's good to see, you know, the kind of the new guys kind of coming in making an impact. And I think, you know, it's it's obviously it's a tough loss. You got to look forward to to next week with LA. Um I don't know. Is is there anything like what do you what do you think um like looking at what LA kind of did this weekend. They obviously lost to Houston and you know a- anything that you what What do you what would you kind of want to see the arrows kind of like focus on or like what do you think's got to get cleaned up next week any lineup changes that you're looking for um the game obviously short turnaround so games on yeah. games on friday and knowing too like we kind of talked about the injury list and stuff there like you know obviously it's a short turnaround so yeah. uh, could be an interest could be a could be an interesting lineup too and uh but two game two teams be yeah, a matchup of two teams mm. that probably have big aspirations for the year and it did not start off the way they mm. wanted it to.
0: No. I so if we're saying, for example, that um De Vega is unavailable through concussion, um, Andrew Ferguson's not available either, McCann was also out with concussion protocol as well. I'd say in that case, then um
1: I think I mean, mason that's, just, that's all assumptions though like we, we I, I know i i just saying official reports or anything
0: yes nothing year. because we're recording on monday nothing's come through as yet oh, but cool. i but considering what we saw if i was um pete smith i'd say all right we're going to give these guys a week off to um ensure that they're fighting fit for the rest of the season so i'd say maybe um F- flesh came on to replace della vega much earlier than he intended and i think he did a great job so i'd um, have flesh in um as uh one of the flankers i'd um then hopefully if um sam malcolm is fit i'd say have him as fullback because he's played most of his um career at fullback mm-hmm. so i think and then you have kelly and um malcolm on the field like going back to 2020 with having um Malcolm and Adams doing like kicking duties, and like I think that will make a great um, option. Obviously, LA gave away a lot of penalties, and that will be what they're focusing on for the next week. But I yeah. think, I think, yeah. but again, those came, things
1: LA is going to have to focus on this week. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I think if you can address what uh, Houston did, which is you know focus on the set piece, make sure. You're getting the ball moving. Um, I was really frustrated with Houston, but I'll get onto that in a minute. But yeah. if you, but if you then have Kelly and Malcolm with those kicking options, maybe doing like crossfield kicks, exposing the defensive errors. I can, I can see Toronto taking it if that's the case.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, based on last week's performances, I think if Toronto plays the exact same way they did against seattle and la plays the exact same way they did against houston toronto's gonna to win this game
0: yeah um, so shall we shall we get on to it shall we get on to the other games that we watched this weekend because yeah you know so let, let's talk about the big one we've already been uh, dancing around it um la the defending champions losing to 13 the 12th place team of uh, 2021 the houston sabercats Final score: Houston twenty-one, LA eleven.
1: Yeah, I and think, yeah. yeah, wild game. Um, I, I said last week that I thought this was the most intriguing game of the week, just because it's the champs versus, you know, uh, as much as we uh, like, we may still look at them as the Houston Sabercast team has finished last or you know been a bottom feeder in the league for the past couple of years, right? It's a brand new team. And it would be interesting to see how the matchup plays out. And, you know, good on Houston for coming away with this win. Yeah. Like, you know, first game with all these guys. Like I said, it's basically a brand new squad. First game of all these guys kind of playing together. Um, Good on them for coming away with this win. This is the worst game the LA Guiltinis have ever played. Yep. And, like, and I, I... I agree with you. I thought watching Houston in this game was very frustrating because I, there
0: were so many
1: opportunities yes. where you could have been kick at kick post. You have been in there 22 yeah,
0: for 15 have, minutes. They don't have stop to, going for the you. try. Well,
1: that's that was my issue with it. Yeah. Right. It's like I know at a certain point, I do agree with you. It's like kick for post and just take the points. Yeah. But the other part of me is you at one point in that game, at the end of that first half, l a was down a man for fourteen straight minutes. Six of those minutes they were down two. yeah. No. you need to score a try. Oh God, yeah, yeah. you should score two. maybe. you should yeah. probably score two. You yeah. might sh- ha- be able to score three during that. yeah.
0: my my mentality when yeah. that happens is if you are down if you have a two man advantage and you have a penalty in the twenty two mm-hmm. go for the posts. Yeah. have them kick the ball back to you. And with the two-man advantage, go again and no. try again because yeah. then at least you can say, at least we had points, which See? is what Houston can't say. And when they were in the opposition, I say it after half, yeah. When they were in the opposition, fifteen for sorry, opposition twenty-two for fifteen minutes, and I was screaming, "Just kick it!" And yeah. then eventually they scored the try, and then came the conversion, and after that yeah. conversion went wide, I was like. Oh, Oh. (laughs)
1: that's why you're not kicking. But like, so like, that's the thing though. Um, I honestly, I don't really have much of an issue with teams trying to score tries first. You know, it's like, I think there's moments of every, uh, in most of the games this week where you kind of looked at it. It's like, oh, you're passing up points to go for a try. You know, I think I think when teams do that, to be honest, I think there's, you know, watching the Utah-Austin playoff race last year, I think it's kind of changed my perspective on this a little bit where it's kind of like, The, you know, obviously you want to win the battles, but your goal is to win the war. Yeah. Right. And scoring tries at the end of the day helps you win the war. Right. Cause it's like the, the league as a whole big picture, if you're looking at the entire season, obviously you want to win the game that you're currently playing, but the entire season is the league standings reward tries. It doesn't reward penalties. Right, So it's like, I understand. And you watch the, you know, Utah and Austin who had similar records prior to Austin being who had similar records on the day that Austin was mathematically eliminated from the playoffs because Utah scores tries and Austin did not. They went out and got some guys that can score tries and scored tries this week. So perhaps Austin might be a team to be reckoned with this year if they can score. But, like, that's the way the standings works, right? You score tries. So I understand teams wanting to score tries in those situations. But, like, I just can't help but look at Houston and be, like, a better team with the way that L.A. played, the amount of penalties that there's L.A. It's, like, you can look at that and be, like, L.A.'s playing good defense. And I think everybody, everybody – you might not like it, but everybody takes that trade of taking so many penalties that you go down two guys. But if you told me that you could go down two guys and just keep constantly taking penalties, and after 15 minutes, you'd come away with not allowing any points. Uh, like everybody takes that trade because you didn't give up any points. Right. But I think if you look at that, the way LA played, I think a better team buries LA. Yeah. In that situation, yeah, and I think perhaps even Houston on a better day. Maybe if this is later in the season and that team has more time to gel, perhaps Houston on a better day buries LA in that. Too, yeah. but I don't think. I don't think either team played all that well in this.
0: There case. was a tweet um, by Brian Ray um, talking about this weekend and saying that he feels as though every team should have had another week of preseason. Just I mean, to yeah, dying at the crack.
1: Well, I so mean, it, it was, yeah that goes back to our theme for the past couple of weeks of the MLR needs to do preseason better. Um, cause it's like the first, the first games always kind of feel like that kind of vibe to it. Um, yeah. but yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, um, I think it's, it's interesting to kind of see LA kind of start the season with the worst game they've ever played. But at the same time, like Houston didn't do anything in this game that makes me nervous.
0: or yeah.
1: makes me scared of Houston either. Um, yeah. They they were they you know I mean they like rarely ever got quick ball Smith I thought his service the whole game was really slow the one time it wasn't was when Brits kind of just moved him out of the way and took the ball himself and scored a try that was like okay. the one time yeah. they had quick ball but yeah um, all right uh, you know as far as though not a whole lot of like Lasage had a huge line break to set up um, size try so that was a great little Canadian moment in that game too. Um, and, uh, you know, around the league, uh, yeah. aside from, let's,
0: let's talk about a few, other uh, yeah. games, not just devoting to Houston and LA. It's the most interesting
1: uh, game of the week. But yeah. It
0: was, but let's, uh, let's try another, let's talk about like the first game of uh, the season, ATL versus DC. And this started out as a close contest. And then in the second half, ATL just hit the accelerator pedal on their steamroller and just rolled over DC. Yeah. I mean, you know, um De La Vega-Mendia um, seems to be in a great addition for yeah. Rugby ATL. Um, obviously, like uh, Matt Heaton and Connor Keys, great to see them back in the squad. And for DC, you know, I think Danny Tussatala is coming into his role as captain really well. You know, he um, scored the first try for his team as well. And I think Doug Fraser was fantastic on the wing, you know, coming in sometimes as like a wing center option when available, you know, you know, we obviously uh, guests on the show, we're obviously big fans of him, but uh, no, it was actually really good to see him out there performing.
1: Yeah. I thought, I agree. I thought Frazier played really well. Um, he, you know, you know, he was able to gain plenty of meters every time he touched the ball, seemed to be making something positive happen. And like you said, no, kind of had some some good plays on defense as well. Uh, Matt Heaton played like Matt Heaton, which yeah you know, is is just great to see. We kind of talked about some of the great sevens that are in the league um, a little bit earlier, so that's obviously excellent to see too. Keys good as well. Um, like I said, I think I think DC might struggle this year, and um, this game didn't really do anything to kind of ease my concern about the squad. Uh-huh. Um, but um, you know, good on Rugby ATL too, man. Like I mean, we talked about you know, all kind of the off-season stuff or all the behind-the-scenes, off-pitch, you know, things that this squad is kind of dealing with. So good on them for coming out and putting up a big number in their opening week, too. Yeah,
0: and unfortunately, because of the timing schedules of um, three of the games on Saturdays, like the Austin-Dallas game um, started, and then an hour later, Houston-LA started whilst that was still ongoing. And then the Nolan new England game started an hour after... Houston LA's kickoff so I was there going from like one game as soon as the uh, hydration break occurred I was like okay which game are we
1: going to I now say, I should have I, one, that one. I should've, I should've taken uh. a picture of it I got like I got my laptop I have a second monitor hooked up to my laptop I had a tablet and I had like a TV just to kind uh, of cu- try someone's prepared yeah exactly <laughs> preparations and stuff and then like I could look at my I could have turned my phone on too like, just from where we're recording the podcast, what I'm looking at right now, I can see, like, six screens. Or whatever. And you're, they, you're
0: basically, like, one yeah. of those uh, bankers on,
1: like, the stock market. With just, like... Yeah, but it's just it's, but, just, but it's all it's, rugby. Just, so yeah, It's just <laughs> rugby stuff. It's just rugby stuff. And then, oh, okay, we'll just redo it. Yeah, yeah. so... And, uh, obviously, so New England, NOLA, um, you know, pretty important kind of Canadian content game here. Uh, Eric Howard, obviously, you know, he scored a try um just him and mitch richardson as far as canadians finding their way across the the, with the whitewash this week and you know foster Doit making his mlr debut wearing the number one jersey he played like 76 minutes in this game uh so as a as a front rower making your mlr debut outstanding that's just outstanding so uh good on him new england coming away 24 to 13 um with a 24 to 13 victory and um yeah and uh yeah so that's you know that was a great game to see and then you know the weekend kind of wrapped up with uh San Diego beating uh Utah or i guess the weekend didn't wrap up the weekend wrapped up with the Arrows game uh San Diego beating Utah 31 to 29 um as you said prior was Emerson Pryor draft pick on the bench but did not play and uh you know peter uh, peter smith or sorry michael smith came off the bench for uh, for San Diego late in the game too speaking of san diego they have been making moves in the off season
0: and if uh, legion fans weren't happy about them being at a car park for this season i think they'll be pretty happy with the news that has come out that they will be moving to snapdragon stadium for the 2023 season now the stadium's currently being built. It's hoping to be finalized by September of 2022. So obviously after the MLR season and in time for football season for San Diego State University. Um, and that means there'll be no conflict between uh, football schedule or soccer schedules and the MLR schedule. So here's hoping, fingers crossed, that they'll have uh, rugby lines on the field. But that is yet to be seen. Um, from the videos I've seen of uh, Snapdragon Stadium in the planning phase, looks fantastic. It's a thirty thousand-seater stadium. You know, maybe a bit too big for M.L.R. at the moment, but obviously there's room for growth there. And the stadium itself has the option to be expanded for fifty-five thousand seats, which you know will be aimed for the um, university football crowd. But, you know, maybe one day it can be packed out with uh, Legion fans and visitors coming to see an MLR game.
1: Is Snapdragon Stadium the best stadium name in the league now? Uh, I'm, I'm still, a, I'm still a fan of now. York Lions. But, uh, York but Stadium? Well, yeah,
0: I mean, if we're going to be technical about it, it'll be possibly one of the best names for the next, for, for next season year, stadium. Next um, but that is... So, yeah, Silverback
1: be- Park is pretty cool, or uh, Silverback Stadium. the new one yeah i know that's pretty cool too.
0: yeah that one looks pretty good and uh but yeah we'll uh, we'll discuss names at a different time okay we're going to talk about where you can be watching rugby this coming week because remember uh the first mlr match of this week is on a thursday and you can watch all mlr games that don't feature the arrows on the rugby network also on the rugby network is japan league one um, if you're looking for any of the Premiership and URC games that have been playing during the international window, those will be on Sportsnet. And obviously, I just mentioned the international window. That's because the Six Nations is happening and you can watch that on the zone. And if you are looking to watch the Arrows versus LA in BC this week, it will be on Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on tsn.ca. Okay, we're nearly at the end of the podcast. I think this is the perfect time for us to do our predictions. So, Derek, you had a pretty good start to the season. I You did not. not yeah. Yep. Yeah, I am aware of that. Yeah. Um, but, of course, we now now have a better understanding of how teams are performing. Now we're in the proper season. We've also got New York back into the fray after having that round one bye. So, the first game up is that Thursday fixture. Yeah, we talk about the Arrows having a short turnaround. Seattle, Whoa
1: yeah at least yeah, they're playing yeah, at home just a couple of days so i know it's it's kind of one of those weird things where it's like i, I kind of like having the uh, the midweek games i think it'll be fun but uh that's a quick turnaround for for uh, the boys here but hey man if nfl players can do it sunday to thursday then uh, i think the mlr can pull it off too okay um, so do you think it'll be
0: seattle or do you think it'll be utah
1: who's at home seattle it's all seattle uh you know what i might have some fun let's uh let's see if the seawall holds up to the uh, the best one of the best offenses in the league last year just for fun why not let's go seattle
0: okay i am gonna have to agree with you i think whilst utah did put in a good well utah put in a good performance but it's always been the case of defense wins championships and it'll be the thing that wins match and how do you win championships you have to win matches so i think seattle will obviously being a a short turnaround doesn't help but being at home definitely does um so okay let's move out a little bit north to bc so we have toronto versus la this is interesting thing i've realized is that toronto have played la twice now and neither game would have been in toronto or la no LA have a lot of penalties they need to work on. Toronto have a lot of um, communication, especially in the back, that they need to work on for this week. But I think the close proximity, being in Canada as well, I'm going to go with Toronto.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna like LA did not look good at all last week. I think even though Toronto lost, even though Toronto lost, I think there's a lot more positives they can take out of it. And kind of like you said, like the arrows. I don't think they're going to lose in Canada.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: just straight up. I don't think they're going to lose in Canada.
0: Okay, now we have San Diego versus Dallas, and this will be at the Legion's new ground. So, Derek, who are you going with? Oh, San Diego.
1: I don't want to be boring, but I'm having to go with San Diego as well. I mean, it, it's the unfortunate. Like uh, Dallas, I mean, it's uh, it's the expansion team, and like, yeah, I just uh, there, there wasn't a big confidence building game. Losing by what did they lose by thirty plus points, right? So, yeah, it's uh, thirty four points was the and difference, you know so. and Seattle, San Diego, kind of coming off of that, still playing at home, and they beat a they beat a playoff team last week, right? In, yeah. in a bit of in a bit of a shootout too. Right. So it's like they kind of yeah. bought uh, the way Utah wants to play rugby too. So,
0: okay. So we have Austin versus DC. And this may be another one that we're in agreement on. DC, you know, they're plucky, but I don't, they're not really showing me anything to be confident in at the moment. I know that this will be technically the Cuisine Solutions Cup and they won both fixtures so far in one in 2020 and the other in 2021. But Austin just seems to be the stronger team at the moment. I'm going with Austin.
1: Yeah. Gotta go, Austin.
0: All right. Now we're getting into a bit of like the gray area now because while we have Houston that put in that performance against LA, we also have New York as well, who had that uh round one bye. So do you think that uh, Houston is more raring to go, or do you think that New York got that extra week of preseason under their belt and they're going to be hitting the ground running?
1: Yeah, I think New York. I think I like New York to take this game. I think uh, their squad looks really good. And kind of like I said, Meg, I mean, uh, good on Houston for getting that win last night or um, on the weekend, but they didn't, they also didn't do a whole lot to scare me either right so i think i'm going to stick with new york
0: okay for the sake of not making this just the same thing for both of us i'm gonna go with houston i think they they've been able to identify the errors that they made in that game and like the failure to capitalize on penalties especially when they were two men up yeah um you know maybe work on their kicking as accuracy as well So I'll go with Houston for this time. And now we have one of the highly anticipated games of this season. I mean, last year it was one of the lowest scoring, but an absolute thriller, and that is Nola Gold versus Rugby ATL. And from what I've seen so far, you know, ATL putting that dominant performance against DC. I'm telling you right now, I'm just picking the team that you don't pick.
1: All right, then I will have the visitors take it. I will go with ATL. All right, Nola, Nola it is. And even as uh, I'm sitting here, I'm tempted to change that Seattle pick to Utah because I don't like agreeing with you. I'm not damned for growing outland. Come on. Oh my god! Yeah, but you did lose to the Toonie, right? So
0: I did lose. I think we all lost to the Toonie um, one time or another I last one season. Time or another,
1: yeah and the f- most. The most, a-
0: and for you eagle-eyed or sharp-eared listeners you'll notice that we haven't given the Tuney predictions on this episode and that is because you can find them on our tiktok account that's tiktok.com slash at the rouge rugby and you can actually find us across all social media twitter facebook instagram at the rouge rugby and if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, you can listen to previous episodes on Anchor FM, Spotify. And if you have enjoyed watching our faces, you can also see past episodes on YouTube, again, at Rouge Rugby. And if you are watching this episode, you can see where our personal um, social media platforms are. But if you're listening, Derek, where can they find you?
1: I'm um, at Preset the Jet across everything, and I must, I'm must. Uh, i I'm, I'm. very proud of you for uh, trying to convince people to uh, go look at this TikTok of you flipping a coin to determine who's going to win rugby matches. And then I hope you also add your sad expression when the Toonie inevitably beats you next week. You have to do the follow-up video on Monday. Terrible, terrible. No, it's going to be good content, man. It's like a Toonie. A okay, boom. A Boomer our is better at picking rugby matches than you. It's fine.
0: Anyway, if you want to see that um, video of expression, you can find me on my social media platforms on Twitter and Instagram at Hardman, spelled H four R D M A N.
1: Well, that's and it also, for this. Ep- let us know who you pick this week so Stu can know that he lost to more people. You can also email us to have Derek stop
0: interrupting me at the Rouge Rugby Podcast. At gmail.com well that's where we're going to end it for this episode thank you so much for joining us we hope that you can join us for the next one